Hi, I'm Camille Conti, and this is the Confusion Experiment Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 26, Chaos, Change, and COVID. I wanted to spend my time with you today just being honest and sharing a little bit about what is going on for me, because I didn't get to do the show last week because of chaos and change. And I thought, I know I'm not the only one having this experience. And perhaps by sharing my story with you, it might make you feel less alone, more understood. And hopefully by the end of our time together, we can talk a little bit about some of the practices and tips and strategies that I've been given that I use to help me settle down a bit in the midst of such uncertainty as we are going through right now. So I'm here in North Jersey in the house I grew up in because I was my mom's caregiver. And it was a role that grew on me and I didn't really even realize I was a caregiver until I was. And that, of course, is part of what I talk about in my book, The Confusion Experiment. And it's a lot of what I'm talking about and what seemingly is becoming the second book that I'm writing right now, because there's just so much to share about this amazing experience that I'm in and that I'm walking out of. So I'm here in New Jersey, and I'm packing up my mother's home along with my sister's help. And we are going through 57 years worth of someone's personal belongings, and it's daunting, it's overwhelming, and it's emotional. And yes, sometimes it's joyful, and there are laughs and happy tears as we revisit things from our childhood. But I'm definitely going through a massive ending. And though I know that will lead to a new beginning, I truly can't see the beginning. And the best I can do now is to trust and have faith and to give myself permission to at least think about how I want to feel when I'm on the other side of this experience. Because that's about all I can do. I am being so used up by this day-to-day reality of dealing with all of my mother's and father's belongings, dealing with my own ending here in this home as a caregiver and a daughter, as well as wrapping up my childhood, knowing that I will walk out this door in a couple of months. And yes, I do have my own home in another city. But I have so fundamentally changed, and COVID has so fundamentally changed all of life that I truly don't know. Now, the good news is I'm okay not knowing. That's a a big result of my confusion experiment, which I talk about at great length in the book and in some of the previous episodes. It's good to begin to practice feeling more comfortable in the discomfort of uncertainty. Instead of trying to get rid of the discomfort, you simply begin to appreciate why you feel such discomfort. And of course, one of the reasons why we feel such discomfort is because the mind likes to know. And when there's uncertainty and the mind doesn't know, it's very stressed. When you're in between an ending and a beginning and you don't have a lot of information, the mind is very stressed because it likes to know. It values knowing certainty. It values the past. That's why COVID is such a challenge 
in part because there's no past. Sure, we're six months in and we've got a mini past to refer to, but there's really no past to COVID. Yes, there are previous viruses that people are talking about, relating to, drawing on, but we are in something new. And when you're in something new, you don't know everything. And part of the skill of of mastering what is new and mastering change is to be okay with not knowing. We get so stressed out because we want somebody to come up to us and say, here are the instructions for the rest of your life. If you just follow them, everything will be okay. And that's one of the things that COVID has done. It's ripped the foundation from underneath us. Everything we relied on, every way in which we lived our lives, the systems and the mechanisms by which we did our lives, it's all been uprooted. It's been turned upside down. It's turned our education system upside down, our people who own businesses, how we do work, how we live, masks, unemployment, all of it. It's a lot. It's a lot. And there is something within you that is untouched by all that chaos and uncertainty. And that in part is what meditation and other practices do. They turn us away from the headlines, away from effects, away from situations and conditions, away from the mind's worry and turns us towards the heart, turns us towards the one within us that is handling the trillions of activities that our bodies participate in every second. I mean, think about it. Something is breathing you right now. You have the capacity to stop breathing, but you can't start your breathing. Breathing is an automatic reality that keeps you alive. There is an intelligence back behind all life. This is the intelligence that stuffs the rose in the bud. This is the intelligence that stuffs the tomato in the seed. We are seeing it with the harvest of summer. All of these beautiful flowers, fruits, and vegetables all started as a seed. In fact, they all started as an idea. An idea in the mind of the one mind. Whatever word is good for you, fill in the blank, creator, God, higher power, or none of those. But something packed arose in a bud, and then something we can't see knows exactly when to begin the process of turning that seed into a bud, and then begin to pull back those petals and reveal the bloom. One of the things you can do to help yourself right now, even if you don't fully believe it, is to say, there is something within me that is untouched by all this chaos and uncertainty and change. And I have the ability to sit with that thing. I have the ability through mindful breathing to feel into that place. Because you see, if you don't take a break, from the news, from the newspapers, from the television shows, from the talking heads, from the headlines, from politics. If you don't take a break, it can break you. I know a lot of people that are breaking right now under the weight of the negative information that's coming out. People are overwhelmed 
by the quantity of information and the speed at which information is coming. All the headlines are all rigged to do two things. One is to create a sense of concern and fear so that you believe you have to, that you need the news so that you can stay abreast of what is happening because they've got a handle on it and you don't. And I got to stay in touch with the news and the headlines and, and all of that. I'm not judging it. I'm simply talking about the why behind it. But the other thing I say all the time is that a headline is already done. By the time something's a headline, it's already done. They're reporting on something that has happened. So you literally cannot affect the headline. So you have an opportunity to really ask yourself, what do I value? Do I value my mental currency? Do I value my emotional currency enough to turn this off, to turn away, to give myself just a certain amount of time every day that I'm going to extend my thinking and my emotions to something I can't control? Because I guarantee you, when you begin to do that, it's a game changer. I'm not saying you have to completely stay out of the news, though I know people who do, and they always find out what they need to find out (laughs) from somebody. And as a result, they're a lot happier, and they're a lot more focused on what's working for them and their goals, and they're thriving. A lot of people I know are thriving in the midst of all of this. It's possible. And I know sometimes our minds say to us, oh, it's not right to thrive while people are dying. You know, I felt that way when my mom passed. It's not right to feel happy or joy because your mom just passed. This is why this podcast is so important and why the book, The Confusion Experiment, is so helpful because it breaks down how your mind works. And once you understand how the mind works, then you can better decide if it's working for you or against you. So with regards to the chaos and the uncertainty that's happening Remember, it's happening because we're in something new. And new is not necessarily bad. We want to know. So we view it as bad because we don't know. And our minds tell us that we should know. But should we know? And what if we just know when we know? Couldn't it just be enough that we know what we need to know exactly when we need to know it? But you can see how this plays out in the mind. The mind says we're supposed to know this already. And unless you turn around and say to your mind, why do you think that's true? (laughs) Or unless you say to your mind, is that really true? Do I really need to know? You have to get comfortable questioning what your mind presents to you. Sometimes it will be accurate. Sometimes it will say, don't put your hand in that fire because that's really going to burn. But sometimes, many times, it's not because it looks through life, it looks at life rather through a distorted filter, one that's based on the past, facts, figures, data. And when you don't have a past, as we don't with COVID, and you don't have the roadmap as we don't for what is happening and how we're going to navigate it, it can be an extremely stressful time. So another thing that you can do besides questioning your mind and asking yourself, is that really true? How do I know that's really true? And just give yourself that moment's permission to double check because a lot of times you'll come back and go, gosh, that's actually not true. 
And I'm not going to think that because there's really no evidence for it. Or gosh, that comes out of my past and I'm living in the present. I don't want my past to inform my present anymore. So that's, that's not something I'm going to follow. You see what I'm saying? You begin to have dominion over your thinking. You're the jockey, right? You're riding the horse. But too often the mind rides us and it doesn't have to be that way. All you have to do is make a conscious effort to question what your mind presents to you. Have some fun with it. Do it all day and all night long until it just kind of becomes second nature. So much will happen as a result of that. You will also get to know personally how your personal mind works. And it is, as I said, a game changer to begin to master how your mind works. Then you can have compassion for your mind when it's stressed out. Something I learned from the great Matt Kahn, you know, I'm always putting my hand on my heart when my mind is freaked out. And I treat myself like a child because there is a child there. And I say, it's okay. I know you're stressed out. I know you'd like to know what's going on and we don't, but it's going to be okay. We're going to know what we need to know when we're going to know it. That's the second thing to bring to this experience, self-compassion and self-love. When you start to get a handle on your mind and you're able to simultaneously bring compassion to the mind, you will experience two things. Number one, you're going to feel calmer. Number two, you're going to realize you're not that. You're not that worry. You're not that concern. And you're certainly not that thought because you're bringing something to it. When you put your hand on your heart and you bring compassion to the one within you that's concerned or worried, you realize you're not that one who's concerned and worried. But instead of judging it and pushing it away and criticizing yourself for thinking that way or feeling that way, you bring compassion because you understand why you think and why consequently you feel that way. It is so powerful. I invite you to give this a try. I do it all the time. It is one of the greatest healing tools besides prayer that I have ever been introduced to. It radically changed my life in 2017 when I was going through some serious challenges and I stumbled upon Matt Kahn and he was talking and teaching about this and I do it all the time and I teach my clients and my students all the time to bring compassion to themselves. If you're a parent, and you got to figure out what's going on for the school year, bring some compassion to yourself. This is tough. This is tough. What, what's in the best for my child? And once we figure that out, can we really pull that off? If you've got two people working, how is that going to happen, right? It takes mindful breathing, questioning the mind, self-compassion, and a belief that you know. A belief that something within you knows. A belief that even though you're in something new, you'll figure it out. A belief that even even though the world of effects is saying all of these things about it, that when you turn away from all of that and turn towards yourself, there is an intelligence within you right where you are that is ready to give you the guidance and the counsel and the directions that you are seeking. It is an inside job. Getting through this virus, dealing with this pandemic, Everything outside of us is collapsing. We are alive at one of the most powerful times. I mean, this is revolutionary change. Long-held systems by which we govern, by which we live, by which we shop, do commerce and work have been ripped at the very foundation. And if we get too caught up in what is dying, in what is falling away, If we get too caught up in our mind's fear of what has fallen away, 
we will miss the opportunity to be present for what is trying to emerge. It's just a tremendous, tremendous time. Now, if you're a business owner and you're looking at losing your business because of the restrictions of COVID, let me tell you something. My heart goes out to you. I was having a conversation with somebody today and I I said to them, you know, bluntly, is it right to ask business owners to go out of business to save lives? I'm living in the question. I don't have the answer. But if we don't give ourselves permission to ask some of these questions, then we're going to miss the opportunity to, number one, be real about what we're thinking about and feeling and questioning, and two, be open to a possible answer. But that's what I've been thinking about as I'm talking to friends and looking at the various situations that business owners are going through. If I was a business owner and my life savings was poured into my business and the idea of closing it or losing it would cause bankruptcy and upend my life even further, maybe make me homeless because I can't meet my rent or mortgage. That's a big ask. That's a really big ask. Are we here to save everybody? Is it possible to save everybody? Is that value helping us move through this or making it more difficult? I think about people in nursing homes or assisted living facilities and people who can't have visitors who are going through extreme mental and emotional dis-ease because they haven't been loved or touched or hugged or seen by their family. These stressors are real. And I am not going to say that they're not. But what I am interested in doing is thinking then about how can we help ourselves in the midst of it all. And these are a few of the things I'm sharing with you. Mindful breathing. When you start getting jacked up about something or you realize you're way into the news, turn it off. Stop looking. Take a couple of breaths. Go for a walk. Shake your body, put on some music, change the vibrational frequency of what is happening. Bring compassion to yourself, hand on the heart. It's okay. I know this is a stressful time, but we're going to figure this out. It's okay. The same as you would be speaking to your kids and your young children is the same way I'm asking you to consider speaking to yourself. Yes, meditation. Meditation can be 60 seconds of mindful breathing. It also can be five minutes of mindful breathing. What this is is simply the practice of sitting still without any stimulation. That means that you grab your phone first thing in the morning, not to look at Twitter, Instagram, or the headlines, but go right to your timer, put it on for 60 seconds, sit up in your bed, put your hands on your lap or just in an open pose, close your eyes and begin to breathe. Begin to give thanks. Begin to feel the breath through your nostrils as it begins to fill your lungs and if you're able to bring it down to your belly. Because as I said, there's something within you that is untouched by everything we're dealing with. And the more you can touch that which is untouched by all of this, the more you will be more like that than what's happening outside. The more you practice mindful breathing, the more you bring compassion and self-love to yourself, the more you just get up every morning and set the alarm for 60 seconds and meditate, no matter whether you think you're doing it right or experience something or not, the more you will be making yourself available to the presence that is untouched by all of this. Something packed that rose in a bud. And that intelligence is at the center of each of us. But it's very cool 
because it doesn't force itself upon us. It just sits there. It doesn't need to force itself upon us. That's not what it's about. It is what it is, and it's doing what it's doing regardless. The opportunity for us, though, is to turn towards it, be curious about it, get to know it, and try some of these practices that put you in direct communication with it. The other thing that's super important is exercise, whether you're doing stretches, jumping jacks, bike riding, running, or simply going for a walk. Getting out in nature, moving your body, getting up from the chair, away from the computer, the news, the phone is extremely important. Drinking a lot of water, eating high quality foods, trying to minimize your intake of drugs and alcohol, all these things that nobody talks about, little pieces all add up. And sometimes you have a glass of wine anyway. Sometimes you're worried anyway. Sometimes you cry anyway. Sometimes you forget to bring that compassion to yourself and you experience that self-criticism that's very hurtful and, and detrimental to how we ultimately feel about ourselves. And when that happens and you catch yourself, guess what? You take a breath, you forgive yourself. It's okay. I'm in something new. I'm practicing new things. Thank goodness I have a reference point of what it feels like when I'm doing the old way because of that reference point. I'm able to realize, oh, there's the moment and I'm going to now do something different. Change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. When something ends, but something has not yet begun, the place in between is called uncertainty. And I've come to love uncertainty because I've come to understand it and I've come to redefine it and I've come to experience the potency and the value of uncertainty. Too much time in fear and worry, you rob yourself of the moments that are trying to show you something. Too much time in the news and the headlines and other people's opinions about what's happening, and you miss the opportunity to ask yourself what you think about what's happening. This is part of the confusion experiment. We gave ourselves away. We gave our power away to forces outside of ourselves. We gave our thinking away to other people because we think that they know how to think for us better than we do. We are waking up to the lie of that. And we're claiming our power back. We're claiming our minds and our hearts back. We're claiming back our inherent right to decide for ourselves What's the right thing to do? And sometimes even the process of figuring all of that out still has us changing our minds down the road. So for me, I can only say that as I go through this tremendous change, wrapping up my time as a caregiver in my mother's home, wrapping up my time as a daughter in the house I grew up in, going through my mother's and father's belongings and trying to 
see what is valuable to me and what is it that I must let go of simply because there's no room to take on all these things. As I start to watch this this home become a house, as I start to watch the pictures come off the walls and it's just a wall, as I start to realize I won't be here next year, I won't be looking out the window when the storm comes through next July, somebody else is going to be looking out this side door. As I start to have these profound realizations what I come to understand is I'm in a mindful ending. So COVID has ended something. We were so caught off guard that we really didn't have a chance to do any mindful endings. Maybe that's a little different now. Maybe we have a more of an opportunity to mindfully end what no longer serves and works for us, whether it's a belief system or a way of living. Mindful endings. Having a sense of a mindful ending creates such a sacredness around an ending. And I can feel it as you have probably yourself. I can feel it. Like a month or two ago, I realized that this moment was coming. I sensed it. Now I'm literally in the skin of it. I'm having the actual experience of something that I sensed but didn't have the details for two months ago. This is what this moment is all about. We can have a sense of how we want to live our lives during this time. We can have a sense of what we'd like to feel like during this time of chaos and change that extracts us from the mass consciousness and the mass group think about things and the mass feelings about it all and decide, no, I actually want to feel this way and I'm going to give myself permission to feel this way even though this is going on. It becomes a very empowering experience. So I hope that today you will take one, if not all of these tips and put them into practice. Mindful breathing, waking up in the morning and grabbing your phone's timer before anything else and sitting for a minute or two, just allowing the thoughts to rush through your mind and just to stay focused on your breathing to bring compassion to yourself, to get out and exercise and move about, drink water, eat healthy, practice good, healthy habits, and question everything your mind presents to you. Because as you do that, more and more of your heart will reveal itself to you. You will come to realize that your heart, your heart knows. See, when your heart knows, it reveals itself in a feeling. I was talking to a friend last night who's been thinking about retiring. He's been working since he was seven years old. He's a master engineer. And he was starting to dabble in the numbers several months ago as his soul was starting to rumble within him that perhaps a change was coming. So he did that work first. And though his mind is still laying out all the reasons why he should continue working, he said to me last night, but you know, so many times I just have this feeling of just, you know, just go for it. Just, just end it. And I said, you know, that is your heart. You've done the prep work. You've crunched the numbers. You know, financially, you're going to be okay. But the mind doesn't like this change. You see, the mind and the heart approach these moments very differently. The mind says, oh, you got to keep working. You better keep working. What are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. But the heart goes, oh my gosh, yes, let's stop working. Let's sleep in, right? Like the heart is so alive with excitement for my friend that it was a beautiful thing to hold the mirror up and to show him you're ready. No judgment on whether you leap or not, but your heart is definitely ready. Thanks so much for listening to the show. 
And I hope these episodes are helpful for you and those you care about. If you would like to purchase The Confusion Experiment, you can go to camilleconti.com and find the book there. It's also an audiobook on a variety of platforms, though I'm still waiting for it to be on Audible. So I'll let you know when that happens. And if you haven't yet had a chance to go back and listen to the 18 findings that kicked off the show back on June 1st, I invite you to do it. Those 18 nuggets of insight and wisdom under 10 minutes long are chock full of directions that will help during this time of chaos and change. Take good care of yourself. I'll see you next Monday.